The Last Word with Matt Cooper. At the Culture Club today, one of our leading short story writers has written her first novel. You may remember Show Them a Good Time, which was winner of the Irish, or the Unpost Irish Book Award and many other awards. But now she's written nothing special, her debut novel. Nicole Flattery, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM for the Culture Club. And tell us, why have you turned to writing full novels rather than short stories? Um, I'm being asked that a lot. Um, I haven't turned away from short stories. I, I'm, I'm actually writing a short story right now. But I felt that this this particular idea uh, set in the factory was a full-length novel. And I've always wanted to write a novel. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was time. Tell us about it. Tell us about the story behind it. Yeah. Um, so it's set in um, the 1960s, partly set in the 1960s, partly set in contemporary time. And it's about two girls who are kind of tasked with writing, uh, typing up um, Andy Warhol's A, a novel, uh, which is an actual book, um, which you can go and buy. I wouldn't recommend it. It's very hard to read, hard to follow. Um, but that's the kind of idea behind it. And yeah, various things kind of happen. And So where did the idea come from? Had you read the Warhol novel? I have read the Warhol novel, but the idea came from uh, the, A Lonely City, the Olivia Lang book. So I had read about the novel in that. She mentions Warhol and, and these typists. And I was like, that sounds like an interesting book. And I, I, I read the book um, over a long period of time. And I kind of was interested. It, it had all the same themes as my as my story collection has, which is women, women working, um, kind of creativity and, and, and art and capitalism and all those kind of things. And yeah, I, I thought it would be interesting to, to try and do a lot of research and like... Does that mean getting a chance to spend a lot of time in New York? <laughs> I, I, I was like, I have to go and see every Warhol exhibition all over the world. Uh, it's crucial. Um, yes, I did. I went to New York for a little while. Um, unfortunately, though, I wrote this mostly during COVID. So I mostly wrote it in like... Smithfield, um, which is not 1960s New York. <laughs> well, that's definitely jumped in the imagination. Okay, well, listen, it's uh, getting grave reviews. I'm looking forward to having a chance to read it as well. Um, tell us about your choices for the culture clubs, because what we're going to start with, as we do with all our guests, mm. is uh, the first single that our guests would admit to actually purchasing. <laughs> and you've been very honest in your choice. <laughs> I feel like I had to be honest here. No, no, like that's, I feel, that's what we're trying to seek out, yeah. yes. I, so, like, I'm sure, like, I have vague memories of, like, being in the in the car with my, my dad and, and the stuff that I wanted him to play was, like, Steps and Five and he would be tortured by this, when I, which I now understand, but I loved them, you know. I, I, I was really happy and I felt really grown up um, listening to, to these, you know. And what was the first song? Oh God! I can th- I can think of the like steps music videos before I can think of the that actually is yeah, a thing that I'd imagine for your generation would yeah. be the case. It's what you saw on the television, yeah. On YouTube, maybe not. No, no, no. But like um, like music TV. So like yeah. I remember watching all the videos and things, and I feel like yeah, that that I can see them so clearly. Whereas I wouldn't be able to think of a music video in the last like five years. But yeah. Okay. Well, visualize steps with tragedy. Yes. <laughs>
Nicole, did you ever hear the original? I don't think so. Oh, it's the, it's the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And real falsetto, but a real edge to it. The original yeah. is an absolute classic. Yeah. That, I, not so sure. <laughs> I was dying there when you were playing. I was like, I think I still remember the, the dance moves to this. <laughs> Go to favourite album. Now, you've got a good choice for favourite album. I do have a good choice for favourite album, actually. Much, much better. Um, much like my favourite album was Steps. So <laughs> we had to play more stuff. Um, I did pick uh, Norman Rockwell by Lana Del Rey because I do love Lana Del Rey. And what is it about her? I don't know. I feel like there's this sort of like a- attachment women have to Lana Del Rey that like men just don't have. Like, um, I-, I think there's something. Well, and it, like she came like sort of arrived on the scene when she was maybe when I was maybe like twenty, twenty one, and I feel like I've kind of grown with her in every album, especially her recent one. I feel like has gotten better and kind of seeing someone develop over time. Um, I really I really love doing that with all kind of artists, like writers, and you feel like you're getting a little older with them, you know. Um, yeah. That's the attachment thing, so yeah. is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think she's a great lyricist. I, I really enjoy her lyrics. Well, let's hear a little bit from Norman Rockwell. Uh, let's hear Doing Time. everything in that isn't there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, do you go back and listen to that regularly I do and I listen to it a lot just because I've been travelling a lot the last um, month with the book and things I listen to it a lot when I'm travelling and I just find it very comforting favourite band and I'm always fascinated by the amount of younger people who love Fleetwood Mac how can you not love Fleetwood Mac uh, I just yeah Boy, what is it about Fleetwood Mac I don't know, rumors just like it's got the full it's got the full range of emotions, doesn't it? Like when you listen to it from start to finish, you feel like you've been through something. Um I love Silver Springs, I love that song so much. And yeah. It's not the one we have though. We oh. have the chain. Oh, still. <laughs>
chain from Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. You sent me back to that. That's what I'm going to be listening <laughs> yeah. to tonight. Did you ever see them play live? No, not. Oh, watch them. Watch the clips. Yes. But. Oh, they were well. They were in the three arena well, really? six years ago. Oh. Terrific. Oh my gosh. Absolutely sorry. terrific. Um, I believe you watched Daisy Jones on the six because of your Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Did you stick with it? Because I tried the first episode and it just did not grab me. No, no, I did not stick with it. It just looked. I tried to figure out what was. I didn't read the book, unfortunately, either. But I. Yeah, it looked too clean. I didn't believe any of these people were in the the seventies at all. Um, it wasn't it wasn't for me. What else do you listen to? Um, I listened to a lot of the Velvet Underground when I was writing this book, obviously because of the Andy Warhol thing. Yeah, because of the Andy Warhol, and I hadn't listened to them very much before. And yeah, I, I learned. I, I was quite lucky with my soundtrack for this for this book. But uh, <laughs> just the music that you came to love, or was it just you were just listening to it for research? Purposes? No, I, I really came to to love. I love that um, the the Mo Tucker song um, "After Hours." Um, yeah, and I just I I found a, a, a got a new a, a new appreciation, I think, for them. <laughs> okay, best gig you were ever at? Oh, I have like. You know, last year I feel like I went to so many gigs to like make up for for last last time. Um, and I went to kind of in between lockdowns. I know Kelly Leones, she played the Button Factory, and that was really good because it had this kind of atmosphere of like no one had been out in a long time. It, like, spoiler, no one even knew what to kind of really do. Um, and I had I love that album um, that she, she, that came out during during lockdown. I listened to it a lot when I was writing, so it was great to see her. Um, and then I remember one of my last gigs before lockdown was um, Sharon Bennett in, in Vicar Street, and she's just amazing. Uh, so that was great. We have a bit of Sharon Bennett at Glastonbury from 2019, yeah. same year. Let's hear 17. choices. Oh, thank you. I see, you're, I see also from my list, you also saw Carly Rae Jepsen in the Olympia recently. Yes, yes, that was so good. Um, she was amazing. And she makes me so happy. I left and I was I think that, that's the happiest I've ever felt. Why, Why so? What makes you happy <laughs> coming en- out of a gig? Her energy and the energy of kind of everyone there and yeah, just there's something so like unashamedly just like pop about her, her music that I'm just, yeah, 
I, I just, she's so fun. You mentioned that you listen to a lot of music. Do you, when you're writing, mm. when you're actually writing, yeah, do you yeah. have music playing? Yes, I've, 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 I, well, sometimes I do, and I make sure that you know, I, there's no lyrics or anything. I would listen to a lot of um, Bicep. Do you know the Irish Irish bands? Um, I listen to them a lot. Um, yeah, and then sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I would try and sit in silence. Um, but sometimes it's just trying to cancel out your own your own thoughts a little bit. <laughs> Nicole Flattery is with us for the Culture Club. Her first novel is Nothing Special is the name of it. We're going to go back and talk about plays and movies and of course books and television in the second part of the Culture Club after this short break. Welcome back to the Culture Club. It's the author Nicole Flattery who is with us today. We've gone through all the music, so we're going to go now to movies, plays, books and television. Let's start with movies. You could have gone for any number, but you've (laughs) plumped for Zodiac, the David Fincher film. Yeah, I am like mildly obsessed with that film and I really feel like it's like... Oddly, for the subject matter, like my comfort film, like I will put that on when I'm feeling like... Sorry, just remind listeners as to the subject matter. (laughs) It's about the search for the Zodiac Killer in San Francisco in like the 1970s. Um, And I just think it's a great, well, it's like a very smart film um, about true crime. And it sort of plays with your expectations. It doesn't give you, the audience, anything that, you know, you would typically get from, um, you know, a film like that. You think, you know, you're going to find out who the... I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but you're going to find out who Killer is, and it's going to fa- it's like follow these kind of standard beats, and it, it actually deliberately doesn't do any of that. And I just think it's yeah, I just think it like predates a kind of our cultural obsession with true crime. I think all the performances are great. I think it's just a brilliant film. Um, Let's play a little bit of it in this piece, Sergeant Jack Mullinax, played by Elias Coteus, is helped by inspectors Dave Tushy, played by Mark Ruffalo, and Bill Armstrong, played by Anthony Edwards, as they're interrogating Arthur Lee Allen, played by John Carroll Lynch, a man they believe could be the Zodiac killer. I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. That's a nice watch. Thank you. May I see it? May I see it? Where'd you get it? It's a Christmas gift from my mother two years ago. That's very sweet. So tell me something, Arthur. You don't remember anyone you might have had a conversation with regarding the Zodiac? Kidder of Fell Tucker at Vallejo Recreation. But I couldn't be positive. I used to work there. The most dangerous game. What? The most dangerous game. That's why you're here, isn't it? It was my favorite book in high school. It's about this man who waits for people to get shipwrecked on this island. Because he was tired of hunting animals, he hunted the people for the challenge. Man is the most dangerous animal of all. That's the whole point of the story. Great book. Or at least that's what I told Phil. (laughs) It's a great bit. (laughs) Okay, Zodiac, the David Fincher movie, which is your favourite. What about plays? 
yes, I actually I really like plays. Um, I studied theatre in college. Um, so I, when I was asked this, I was thinking, I thought immediately of the Killian Murphy Mr. Man production. I think it was in the, the Galway Arts Festival, maybe... God, I was 10 years ago. Um, that was an Ender Walsh play, wasn't it's it? It's an Ender Walsh play, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just Killian Murphy on stage by himself for like an hour and a half. It was incredible. Um, and I think the National Theatre maybe, are, are, like you can watch it, like a, a recording of it now, watch it back and things. But I remember being like, just sort of changing my understanding of what a play could do and what writing could do. Um, In what way? It just, it just kind of expanded like my idea of like what was what was possible and what you could do with character and what you could do with sort of like atmosphere and I remember there was like a lot of recordings and he had always at Enda Walsh always has like great sound design um, in his in his productions and uh so yeah, and just remember thinking Killing Murphy was incredible in that play. But I've, I've also you know I I, I really loved. Um, I know Druid did the three Tom Murphy plays um, a few years ago as well, and I love um, A Whistle in the Dark. Um, I love the energy behind that play. I think he's Tom Murphy was just like an incredible writer. He, even, he keeps coming up yeah. as favorite playwright for so many guests in the spot. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like that's it. And even to they really enjoy even to read them. I think they're still. To not even see, I've I've read a couple that I haven't seen, and they still uh, are so moving. And yeah, he was a real talent. And you also have Harold Pinter there because Harold Pinter plays were a staple for many years in the gate. Yes, yeah, I've never. I don't think I've. I've I think maybe I saw one production, but I've read Betrayal, and I really loved that play. And it shows you what you. What's that about? It's about a kind of an affair. Um, and a relationship sort of break down. Um, but I think that like plays are kind of crucial to read if you want to, to learn to write dialogue. Um, and they taught me a lot um, what you can do with what people are saying and, and what they're not saying as well. Um, so yeah, I, I always enjoy watching them and reading them. Now, as an author, I'd imagine you must have lots of different favourite books and favourite authors. So tell us about some of them. Yeah, I know. It's hard to pick one. Um, I So I think I said here I'm reading, reading a lot of um, Don DeLillo lately. Um, and I haven't... I, I, I had read White Noise years ago. Um, and then I hadn't read any of the others. And then the first book I read after I finished Nothing Special, I was like, I knew he had this book about the... Um, the JFK shooting and I was like I'll read it but I won't read it until I'm finished That's Underworld isn't it? That's Libra Oh Libra sorry Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't read Underworld but uh, I read Libra and I, I was so <laughs> and I was like this is not the book I should have read as soon as I finished because um, <laughs> it's too good <laughs> I was like oh damn um, but it's uh, it's uh, yeah he was a, 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 like a he is uh, I almost forget he's still alive but he's a brilliant uh Brilliant stylist, like every sentence kind of counts and things. So I feel like I, I'm still learning a lot from reading him. We're going to play a little bit from a different one of his books. This mm. is from the audio version of Cosmos Polis. Mm. Uh, and this is narrated by Will Patton. A man in a short sleeve shirt came into camera range and began to stab Arthur Rapp in the face and neck. Arthur Rapp clutched the man and seemed to draw him nearer as if to share a confidence. They tumbled together to the floor tangled in the mic cord of the interviewer. She was dragged down with them, a willowy woman whose slit skirt ran up her thigh and became the pivotal point of observation. Horns were blowing in the street. There was a close-up on one of the screens. It was Arthur Rapp's pulpy face blowing outward in spasms of shock and pain. It resembled a mass of pressed vegetable matter. 
Eric wanted them to show it again. Show it again. They did this, of course, and he knew they would do it repeatedly into the night, our night, until the sensation drained out of it, or everyone in the world had seen it, whichever came first. But he could see it again if he wished, any time, through scan retrieval, a technology that seemed already oppressively sluggish. Or he could recover a slow-motion shot of the willowy woman and her hand mic being sucked into the terror. Don Delilo. There must be other authors you want to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Anne and Wright. Um, I really loved her first collection um, of stories called, I think it's Taking Pictures. Um, but uh, I, she's someone else that I, I think it's, it's really great to, to go back and, you know, see her whole career you know you can see her from the beginning of being a story writer and then moving into novels and you know I, I really admire every single one of her books and I really admire her on the sentence level I think that all her you know she's a great also a great stylist so that's what I that's what I kind of look for and I think I mentioned uh, Deborah Eisenberg here as well she's an American short story writer and um, I feel like it doesn't get her dues enough um, She she's only written story collections she's never written any novels and she maybe comes out with one, maybe eight, I won't, like every eight or nine years. Uh, <laughs> it's very slow pace. Um, but yeah, I think they're so layered and interesting. Her dialogue and so funny. Her dialogue is so good. Um, so yeah, she's someone I always recommend. Despite the fact that you've just published your first novel, mm-hmm. I get the sense <laughs> short stories didn't to be a preference still for you. I miss them. Um, I know, I know I, I'm, I'm working on a, a new novel. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like when I recommend books or I always recommend story collections because I always feel for like, um, emerging writers or people who want to write, it's a great way to kind of learn how to, to, to write certain things. You Not know. necessarily easier though, is it? No, uh, no, I don't think the so. In fact, in some respects, possibly harder, is it to get everything tight and compressed? Yeah, 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 it is. And it's also, I've, what I found difficult in the, the transition from short stories to novel is that my natural inclination from starting with the story collection is to cut everything. So you write it, then you cut it. And yeah, so. Very useful discipline to have. <laughs> okay, let's move on to television. And uh, we always ask everyone to start with what they liked when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And again, you've gone for a couple of things that quite a few people have gone for, such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh. and Dawson's Creek. So, so tell us about why you still remember those. Do other people go for them? That's good. Um, yes, I just, I loved Buffy, um, which is maybe an embarrassing admission, but I did. Why would it be embarrassing? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, I, I, I don't know, uh, but I, yeah, I just, I just really, I think, I suppose there's something in being like a teenager, being a young adult in that show that you might makes you like interested in it, you know. Um, it did a lot of supernatural stuff, and it was really well written, I think, at the time, you know. And then I just love Dawson's Creek because I, even now, in as an adult, I love like soapy teen dramas, like Will They Won't They, you know. It's all so dramatic. Um, that's that's why I loved. Let's hear a little bit from Dawson's Creek, where Pacey, played by Joshua Jackson, spends a night in jail. You were in rare form tonight. How bad do I suck, huh? So what seems to be the problem? There's no problem, Dougie. Oh, come on, Pacey. I found you hanging from a tree, getting completely wasted. Huh? So what is it, a girl or something? What? <laughs> okay, so it's a girl. Who is she? 
You know what, Dougie? It's really not that important, okay? Okay. Tell you something though, she is really, really annoying. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, this girl is amazing. There is not a single subject on the face of the planet that she doesn't have an opinion about. It's mind-boggling. Well, it certainly sounds like a nightmare. Well, no, I mean, it's, no, it's not quite like that. I mean, you got to understand it. No, the girl's really smart, so she's usually right. And when she argues, it comes from this really beautiful, pure place. So, I mean, how can you fight against that, you know, especially if you're a smart-ass like me? Is she pretty? Yeah, she is pretty. She is very, very pretty. Dawson's Creek. So what about us not? What do you like on television now? Um, I'm sure lots of people are saying succession. Everybody uh, has to say succession. Everyone has to say it. We're all being forced. Um, no, we're no, not. But it is brilliant. It is brilliant. It is like... I watched the the latest episode last night actually and I was really just like it is sort of and speaking of plays you know I feel like the, you know, everyone who writes for that initially wrote for theatre like Lucy Preble and I, 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 there's a couple of others but like you can really feel that in the dialogue like I think that they, they've really got the kind of Shakespearean kind of hugeness of, of like the, the family and, and, and things down it's, it's such an enjoyable watch It is utterly yeah. enjoyable Okay to finish off we do a thing which we call favourite cultural buried treasure, just sort of something left field that people might not think of. And you have done that for us uh, with the work of a French movie director. Tell us about this. Well, I she's not buried treasure. Isn't like she is releasing films. She had one recently uh, called One Fine Morning. Um, this is Mia Hansen Love. Yeah, and I'm just I really. Maybe not as well known as, as she should be, possibly over here, but um, I really enjoy her films, which are sort of, you know, not, they're not, you know, very contrived, they're not very action-packed, they're very loose in plot, kind of loose in structure, and they usually just follow someone's kind of, like, decision-making about love or, or work or, or family kind of drama, and but I think there's something really special in, in every single one of them, and I think there's she she just kind of crafts everything with such like love and attention that I I oh any time I finish watching them it, um I think I understand something a, a little better than I I did before um so I always recommend her Mia Hansen Love and the most recent movie is called One Fine Morning well Nicole Flattery's first novel first of many is called Nothing Special and it's been great having you with us for the Culture Club thank you so much today thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-